Welcome back to another session of Better Podcasting Chats with me, SP. This is a streamed and recorded casual chat with hobby and passion podcasters to share their experience, knowledge, joy, and enthusiasm of podcasting. Once this live stream is over, I'm going to go ahead and take the recorded files and turn it into a podcast. Better Podcasting is a project by Stephen John Drew and myself to help hobby and passion podcasters start their podcasts and make their existing projects better. That's why we named it Better Podcasting. Now, since the last chat session over on the main Better Podcasting show, I have an exciting announcement. Stephen and I met Friday night and we decided all the 411s for the return of the main Better Podcasting show. It was with great pleasure that I can announce that the Better Podcasting main show will return with a streamed recording session the first week of November 2022. Stephen and I appreciate all the patience and support you've given us over the past year, and we're looking forward to producing some great content for hobby podcasters to make use in making their shows better in the coming months. On the space front, since I'm a rocket scientist, I'm going to talk a little bit about space. Artemis 1 survived Hurricane Ian in the VAB, or the Vehicle Assembly Building, and NASA is targeting November 12th through the 27th, 2022 launch window for the mission to the moon. NASA and SpaceX announced a feasibility study to refurbish and raise the orbit of the Hubble telescope to make it operational past 2030. And Crew-5 is readying for launch to the International Space Station on Wednesday, October 5th, 2022. So I'll review that next week, along with any notable activity from the SpaceX Starship program. I'm excited to see my friend Kel back on Earth when Crew-4 returns to Earth. In other podcast news, the Gonna Geek show made a triumphant return last night on Monday, October 3rd, 2022. So go check out that episode when Steven releases it for more information on the future of the Gonna Geek show. On Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we're coming into the home stretch of covering She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, and we're reviewing Thor, Love and Thunder after that series is completed. And if you're into bad movies... I guested on a new show to the Gunna Geek Network, but it is a long-standing show called Smoking and Drinking in Space. We covered the 1989 film Slipstream with Mark Hamill and Bill Paxton, and that episode will be available Friday, October 7th, 2022, or at least that is what Jason and Rob tell me. In case you are new to Better Podcasting Chats with SP, which is this show right here, if you are a hobby or passion podcaster, I am interested in chatting with you. And if you want to schedule a time to chat with me about your podcasting experience and your podcast, please send me an email to stargatepioneer at betterpodcasting.com, or you can send me a DM on Twitter or Discord, and we'll arrange a date to have you on. In case you don't think this applies to you, if you're hearing my voice right now, it does apply to you, and I'm excited to chat with you. For the next hour, I'm chatting with an amazing person. Susanna Lewis runs the Monster of the Week podcast, Thornvale, which is based on her Dragon Knights novella series titled Deep Hollow. She's been podcasting for a while and has experience with an interview-based show and a movie review podcast. She also says she's a freelance photographer. And I've been looking forward to this chat for what seems like months. Welcome to the chat, Susanna. Hey, how's it going? 
It's going good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. I've been looking forward, like I said, to this chat for a while when you said you wanted to come on. I'm like, ooh, because I've known of Thornvale. It actually reminds me a lot of the sci-fi series. What was that called? Haven. It reminds me oh, a little I bit love of Haven. Haven. Yeah, no, I adore Haven. I've been enjoying both your books because I do have them on Kindle. I've stopped uh-huh. getting books, you know, physical books, except for very few, but I did buy it on Kindle. And the first three books are available, I believe. I don't know if you have planned anymore, but I've enjoyed those. And then listening to your podcast, which is not the same. It's based on the Mm -hmm. books, right? Yeah, the same word. We'll get into that later. What inspired you to start podcasting to begin with? So originally I started podcasting. I just kind of enjoyed it. I had an audio class in college because I was a digital media screenwriting major, basically. And I had to take a bunch of different other types of classes. And I had four minors, I think, one of which was audio. And so I started a podcast with a friend that was just sort of chats about interesting things. I don't remember much. I didn't go very far. But then I didn't really have time to do it once I finished college. And then I was listening. I had already written the Deep Hollow books. The first three of the novellas are in. You pointed it out. I've got a uh, got my little my little not for sale version. This is like a proof that you get from Amazon to make sure it looks good. But uh, the first three novellas I had already written. I hadn't put them out yet, but I had written them, and I listened to the Adventure Zone Amnesty. I had been gotten to podcasting kind of like recently, just like listening to podcasts, and I listened. I I asked for suggestions, and someone said, "Hey, you should listen to the Adventure Zone." I was like, "Oh, that sounds interesting." I'd recently gotten married to my husband, who was a big like TTRPG nerd. We'd started like a Pathfinder game that was a lot of fun, but uh, we were listening together to Adventure Zone Amnesty, which is another Monster of the Week show. And I listened to it. The more I listened to it, the more I was like, "Oh man, I could totally use my my Dragon Knights universe to tell a story in." Because my specific degree was in transmedia writing, which is basically using the same universe and telling different stories across different mediums so think like the marvel cinematic universe so they've got their comics they've got their shows they've got their movies they're all tied into the same like universe not all the comics but some of the comics are these days but yeah it's that kind of thing so i was like oh man i could totally use this would be the perfect like world to make a show in and so i i said hey do you want to play to my husband and he's like yes i do and i was like great and then i i reached out to my friend uh, a friend of mine that has a really good voice that was in my writing club in college and said hey do you want to play do you want to be in a podcast and he was like yes i do i was like great and then um i was like well i need one more player and so i reached out on facebook and said hey does anyone want to be in a podcast and my friend hannah said yes i would like to be in a podcast and so that's how it happened it's been history right about 170 episodes later right well yeah It goes fast. So you have started a few years ago. Uh, You used to do a couple other podcasts. So you've been podcasting for, I'm guessing, like five or six years now. About, yeah, I'd say that. Thornville's been going for over three, so. Okay. I started less long-lived ones before then. Okay. How has your show improved over time? Well, I think, honestly, most of the improvements have been in the 
how good we are as players and GMs. So me be I've gotten better at I've always been pretty good at thinking on my feet, but I've gotten better at that sort of thing. I've learned more how the players will react to things so I can kinda predict what they're gonna do. They still throw me for a loop sometime. I had to rewrite an entire arc in 15 minutes in between episodes because someone did something crazy and I couldn't have seen it coming, but that's what you gotta <laughs> do, you know? And that they've gotten to be much better role players as they've gone on, because my husband was the only one who'd ever played anything when we first started. And so Hannah and Wesley, the other two members of the crew, had never done anything before. So they didn't know like how to be role players, but they've gotten much, much, much better. And honestly, and 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 our equipment kind of sucked at the beginning, not mine, but Hannah's and Wesley's were both not the best and they've gotten better equipment as we've gone along. So it sounds a little bit better, but honestly, past like the 12th episode, it sounds about good enough anyways. All right. So you mentioned a couple of things that I want to follow up on. First of all, is you weren't a role player first. You were a podcaster first that became a role player to adapt it to a podcast. Yeah. Well, I started some shorter lived podcasts at first before I had graduated from college before I got married. And then after I got married, my husband was talking about how like, oh man, you know, I'd really like to play a, a game because I've been able to play in college. And I was like, I can figure out, I'm a writer. I can figure out this GMing thing. And then a couple of months later, then we started Thornville. Okay. And then the equipment, do you play in one singular room or do you guys connect over the internet? So my husband and I are in one room and we have a uh, an H4N uh, little recording device with two mics that we hook up to each other so we're all on one track and then the others they record in their two separate other places so wesley was lives in virginia and hannah lives in pennsylvania and i live in my husband and i live in north carolina so we're all over the place so do you record or do they record on a hardware recorder or do they record straight into their computers they both record straight into their computers i believe they use I think they use either Audacity or Reaper, one of the two. Okay. Have you ever had any problems with their audio? Only when we don't have we have some we have some wild stories of our podcasts getting screwed up because some settings were wrong. One time, so if you've ever seen like an H4N recorder, the one that I have has a button that goes to the little mic that's on the front of it. And then it has two little things on the bottom of the machine that go out and those are where the cords go. And there's a button that says you can record on the front, on the top thing that isn't very good, or you can record through the XLR cables on the bottom. And when we were recording one day, we recorded for so long like this. We recorded, my cat stepped on it and made it record on the wrong thing. Oh my. Oh, the worst. So... That was not fun. That was like, I don't know, like seven episodes or something that we had to like re-record. So that's what we've done ever since we screwed up the first time. We've always we've always had like a, a backup recording so we can re-record our lines the exact same way that we said them before, which some of us are better at than others. Okay, um, so you do a little ADR when that happens. Yep, basically. It's a pain, but you know, what can you do? I, we want it to sound good. We don't want to release something that sucks. Right. I'm the same way. I'm like, if I want to release something, I want to make sure it's as good as I can make it. Sometimes you just have to go with what you got. You're like, uh, this is all I've got. One time, no kidding. I used like the eighth backup 
recording and it sounded okay, but it was everybody like on one track or whatever. I'm not kidding. I used like the eighth backup. I had eight different things recorded and I had Jeez. to go to the eighth backup. And then also on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., everybody on that show except for me has cats and every single one of those cats has managed to either intrude in a recording because we do video or screw up like eat cords. So there's been headphone oh, cords, no. there's been microphone cords, there's been power cords that have been chewed by the cats. So sometimes during the episode, somebody just goes blank and you're like, what happened? And we get a text, uh, the cat chewed the power cord to the computer. Yeah, is the cat okay? Cats so don't like cords, which is nice, but they will step on my H4N and cause problems. Normally, they're just like, they just hang out and they'll sit like behind us on the couch where we record. And that's not that we don't really care about that. You know, like we're fine. They like to hang out with us. We have like an obligatory like cat selfie that we take and we put on our discord channel, you know, whenever we're recording. So Chris, my co-host, one of my co-hosts on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's gotten to the point where he had to put his computer on top of his desk right next to the microphone. And he's been having to do some amazing things to try to make that sound go away from the uh, fans of the computer and everything. It's, It's been a real struggle. All because his cats will chew the cords. And it's Jeez. not just his, both Haley and Michelle's cats have gotten some of that issues as well. So you have improved through just learning how to role play, learning how to improv, act a little bit, play the games and that sort of thing, as well as get better equipment over time. Yeah. How did you learn how to podcast? Was it in that class that you took in college? Was that it? Not really. I mean, I learned how to edit, like audio edit there. But like, I don't know, I just kind of figured it out. You know, I started doing like a kind of a talk show type thing where I like took people on and talked about the thing that they were like interested in or whatever. And like I said, it was, it was fine. It wasn't that interesting. I put it on YouTube, which is not the place where you put podcasts, but whatever. Well, that's debatable. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I didn't learn about like anchor until like a long time, which is what I use now, which is the reason that we started it. Cause I was like, Hey, I can do this for free. So that was kind of why I started. You used to be able to do it for free, but it was through a lot of, you had to be technical in order to do it. I'm not that technical. Yeah. Now with anchor, you can just go ahead and do it. Yeah. It's easy. So yeah, I just, I kind of just figured it out. Like I listened to a bunch of different podcasts and I, I, like I said, like I started off listening to the adventure zone, which I wanted to listen to more like monster. The, and this was, this was before monster of the week shows like blew up because after the adventure zone, after the crit show, monster of the week shows kind of blew up and now there's a bunch of us, but for the while we were like one of three, maybe now there's a ton of them out there. I think we're still one of like maybe three or four of them that are weekly. Most Monster of the Week shows are, are bi-weekly, but I went and listened to the Crit Show and immediately realized that they played the game better <laughs> <laughs> and, like, cared about the rules and stuff, which is fine because, like, I love the Adventure Zone, but, like, saying that they're playing Monster of the Week is a somewhat loose description. I reached out to the Keeper of, that's what they call the GM in monster of the week is the keeper i reached out to the keeper of the crit show rev and not expecting him to respond to me but i said hey do you have any advice for someone who's just starting out and he said yeah let me get into a skype call with you and i was like oh cool so we chatted for a little while and he was like super sick and so it was so sweet of him to come on and talk to me and he gave me some really good advice for keeping 
for my first time, you know, being on a show and it was really cool. Shall I address you as Keeper Susanna from now on? You can. It's my Twitter handle, so you may as well, but no, it's, you can just call me. <laughs> <laughs> you said you are weekly. Mm-hmm. Is it 50 shows a week Is or a year? Is it 40? Do you take weeks off or is it literally we every have week? The entire time that we have been going, we've missed one week. One week, because literally the entire crew had COVID at the same time. And oh. no, we couldn't pawn it off on anyone to help us edit anything. So yeah, we just couldn't do it one week, but it has been every single week, except for that one week where we missed it because we were all very sick. You must've started like right before COVID. We started in 2019. So May of 2019. A year earlier. Yeah. So canonically in the show, the show takes place in 2019 and then it just turned over into 2020, but we're just going to ignore all that stuff that happened in 2020 and it'll be a, a less sick place, but no less horrible. Well, it was interesting because one of the shows I was watching was Last Man Standing, and they came back. That is a whole thing on shows getting rescued and stuff like that. But it came back and for a last season. And what they did to kind of obfuscate everything is do a five-year time jump and just say, okay, oh, pandemic's going to take five years. We're five years later now. I thought that was kind of interesting. That was during the first year of the pandemic, but it was a choice that they made. So, hey. All sorts of choices work, right? I know a lot of shows had a really hard time. Like some of the biggest shows out there, because they recorded in person and they didn't want to record, they didn't want the show to like suffer from how they recorded. They would not just not record, you know, during the pandemic. So a lot of shows didn't do that. Like the biggest ones out there, like like the Glass Cannon, switched to a completely different game because they just didn't want to record their main game not in person because they thought it would really affect the way that they recorded or whatever how the show sounded i know like the crit show didn't record in person for a really long time uh or not crit show critical role critical role even like the biggest D show out there didn't record in person for months or a long long time which was nice because it gave me some time to try to catch up and then i didn't because the episodes are four freaking hours long <laughs> One of the shows on the Gun Geek Network is the Adventures in Aurelia, which is a D&D podcast, and they record in person, and the DM, Damien, has all the recording gear, so they literally could not have recorded. Yeah. I guess he could have sent them gear or whatever, but he would prefer to just keep all the gear in one place and record in one place, so they didn't really record for like two years, because up in Seattle they had, or Washington State, where he is, I don't know if he's in Seattle or not, but I do know he's in Washington State. They had really strict rules yeah, about get-togethers, yeah, so they really couldn't get together and podcast for quite some time. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the convenient thing that when it came to being remote for how we recorded, other than me and my husband, who were you know, in the same house, so it didn't matter for us. One thing that we learned on our shows, because all my shows are distance recording or remote recording like we're doing, is just during the pandemic, everything got harder, and it was scratching our heads because we're like this should be easy for us this is what we do every week and we should just be blazing through this we had everything figured out you know we had the audio we had the video figured out and everything like that but months into it just a few months into it we were like we're just dragging and we had to get through it and it was it was difficult for everybody no matter if you could record via distance or if you could record in person or couldn't record in person. It was just hard. 
no matter what. It's just a mental thing that we're all going through. Yeah, I mean, like, that's just how it was. Like, a lot of people who, like, even if they normally work from home, they found it harder to do anything. Just because, like, the world is having so much happening, it's, like, it's hard for it not to be, like, in your own head, you know? Hopefully, we'll see about this winter. Hopefully, we're on the upswing, but like I said, we'll see. Yeah. What is your approach to graphics and show art with Thornvale? So I don't do like, I'm real bad at like social media and stuff, but we, on our, on our Patreon, I make a little graphic that I theoretically should be using on like social media, but I don't because I'm terrible at it. Um, (laughs) Most of our growth is like word of mouth and stuff. I try to remember to post and I go, I I guessed a lot on other people's shows. So, so our, our like main image is our, like our cover or whatever is uh, from an artist friend of mine that I employed to do the first one that she did the second one she'll do with season three when we get the season three cover going um it has spoilers so i haven't posted it yet okay but uh that was how it worked in season two is is it was like one or two arcs into the show before we got the actual art because it had spoilers on it <laughs> so waiting for a certain reveal before i show the season three art but yeah is the reveal going to happen if your players choose to go another path oh they'll find out eventually okay that's just how it'll go. They'll figure it out. It may take them a little longer, a little shorter, but they'll figure it out. Depending on which like sort of things I throw at them, you know. So, but they'll figure it out. They're on the right path. They keep saying things. They keep saying things that are so funny to me because I know where the story is going, and they keep saying things that are hilariously like prescient, you know. And they just don't know, and it's so funny. <laughs> So do you have to keep that all internal or do you talk to other keepers and you're like, oh, I can't wait till they get here? No, the only people I know that are like people I could talk about it with are other people who listen to the show. Ah, it's very so you don't want to spoil it. The only person I can talk about it is my mom because she doesn't listen to the show, but she likes to like learn about it. Like I can't talk about it with my dad because he listens to the show and like, you know, likes it. But my mom just doesn't like tabletop RPG stuff, you know, so. She's happy that I'm doing the show, but she doesn't really like care to actually listen to it. So, so I can talk about it with my mom, and she's about the only one. But like other people, like all my writer friends, listen to the show. It's very inconvenient that my show is so successful. <laughs> well, it's just you and me right here. We can talk about. You can talk to me about it. Nope. <laughs> nice try. My I dad tried. does that too. He'd be like, "You can just tell me where things are going." I'm like, no, no, I'm not gonna do that. Sorry. Actually, I love to be surprised. So matter of fact, whenever I interview somebody on a television show or whatever, I am very careful to steer away from questions that might lead to spoilers. And if I ever interview somebody that is known to spoil stuff, I completely keep it bland and honestly don't talk about the show at all. I talk about other things in order to completely not spoil myself. And it's worked so far. I haven't there might have been one thing on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. recently, we interviewed Eric and Julia LeWald, who were two of the creators for X-Men 92 or the original X-Men, the animated series. Oh, they are involved. God, I love that freaking show. Right. And they are involved as consultants for the X-Men 97 oh, show. Sweet. That's why we're covering it on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I think he said something, but his wife, I think think pounced on his foot underneath the table because i can visibly see him flinch ah. and it was like ah okay we're gonna steer clear of this and everybody on the show was the same way we're like we're not gonna get them to do anything ironically a couple of days later they went to a convention and they spoiled it at the convention so, ah. 
<laughs> it's, it's people you can't be sending out to conventions. It's like um, what's the what's Spider Man's name? Is it Tom, Tom Holland? Holland? He's so he just he has to have a handler everywhere he goes, or he will just spout spoilers. Poor guy. Yeah, no, I I keep it all inside though. Okay. His handler used to be Benedict Cumberbatch, but Benedict Cumberbatch started spoiling stuff too. So Marvel's like, no, we can't send these two out anymore. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I have to keep stuff inside, and I have to keep stuff inside for a long. There's a thing that they discovered in season two, and mind you, season one is over seventy episodes long. So, and this was like a couple arcs into season two, they discovered something that I had literally set up in the very first episode of season one. And they finally found out about it. And there's a couple of things that I like, I like to sprinkle little things throughout the season. So that like, if you like hear it and you're like, what you could like go back and like, listen to the earlier episodes and go, Oh, so it always it tickles me when people do that. Are you going to do a previously on when they finally rumble over it? No, actually. So we changed the way we did our previously ons between season one and two because I just hated editing them. Because the way we used to do our previously ons is I would go back through the clips of the episode before. I would go back and clip bits of the episode before and smash them together and do that, whatever. I hated it. I hated it so much. It takes so much of my time. When I, I would do it like after I finished editing the episode and I'm just like, I hate this. I don't want to do this. I just want to edit. I just want to throw the episode out. So now what we do is we have the characters narrate it at the beginning of the, uh, we'll have like one of the players narrate it as if they're the characters. So they kind of do like almost like a journal entry or whatever. They'll say what happened in the last episode as the characters. So, oh, it's so much easier. And I don't have to do the stupid previously on clipping it up. I just hated it. I couldn't do it anymore. Susanna, I got to be honest, you are exuberating so much enthusiasm and joy over this project. This has to be a really cool passion project for you because you're really attached to it. I would not still be doing it three years later if it wasn't like I didn't enjoy it. You know, like I love doing this stuff. It's so much fun. Even if some of the passion I feel is, is absolute hatred for making those stupid little clips. But yeah, I don't enjoy it anymore. So it makes my life so much easier. If you could have told yourself one thing to make it easier to start podcasting, you know, time machine, go back and say, Susanna, this is one thing you need to know. What would you have told yourself? Let Hannah do the social media. (laughs) She's actually in marketing. I just, I hate it. (laughs) You could turn it over to her. I could, but she's busy as well. So, okay. If I'd made her do it from the beginning, then maybe. Oh, no, hang on. That's n- Nope, I'm wrong. Music in the first freaking episodes. Start with music. Because our first 12 episodes don't have music. And then from then on, they have music and sound effects and stuff like that. But it so frustrates me that I have not had time to like remaster the first 12 episodes. Because it, it sounds so much better when you would... Our, our episodes are fully produced. Like, it sounds like an audio drama, basically. So, like, they're really tightly edited. They're fully produced with music, and I used to use more sound effects. I don't really use it anymore, but I mostly just use music. And I wish I had started off using music because it so frustrates me that the first 12 episodes don't have music. Yeah, for the most part, it's called music beds, from what I can gather. I'm not a professional editor, but that's what it is. And I know over on the Gnick Geek Network with Damien, he is going back to remaster his few first episodes. And he's on the fence whether he spends more time doing that or not. 
because the editing quality is so bad compared to what he could do today, plus the music beds and the sound design for the whole thing is much better when he goes in and remasters it. So I know with a tabletop play game podcast like you have and audio dramas, I know the sound design is so important, but this was your first project and you were learning as you went. It's just a touchy yeah, I subject. Just, I just tell people like the good editing starts on episode 12. Just okay. It's fine. Just deal with it. Like most people don't care. It's not that big. a di- Most people, I think most people, because of the way that actual play podcasts are, they just kind of expect the first like 10 or so episodes to sound kind of crappy. And our last like terrible sounding episode is probably episode like eight, just because Hannah's mic had some problems, but we fixed it. But anyways, most people kind of expect it, so they'll give you some grace for a while. But like, I wish I just I think it would help hook more people in sooner, you know. And but it just frustrates me that I I don't have time to finish it because I started a a business, so now I don't have time. Ah, uh, I don't like free time anyways. But it would be nice to have time to finish that. <laughs> I know I used to, or I still do. We had episode fifty of the Better Podcasting Main Show had a bunch of golden rules of hobby podcasting. One of which was don't do more than two hobby shows a week because you're just not going to have time for it because you have to have time for life plus your podcast plus promotion plus planning out new episodes and stuff like that so more than two is stretching it and definitely with like an audio drama or a tabletop play podcast or playthrough podcast that takes so much time yeah i would say it's a lot of editing I'm amazed that you do it weekly. I'd be like every other oh, week. We don't just do weekly. We have two shows a week. Oh, because we have, we have three shows that are ongoing. We have Thornvale, which is the main show. And then on the same channel, like on the same like feed, we have the one shot Monday show, which is a, a basically I should have called it mini series Monday. It's dumb that we called it one shot, but one shot is like the tabletop vernacular for the thing, but they're mini series that we do that are on Mondays, but it's every other week. And then every other week in between those, we have our Patreon show. We have a whole nother show that is every other weekly. So it used to be that we did the one shot Mondays every week. And that didn't work (laughs) because I have to have a life. Because every once in a while, I would be editing four episodes in a week because I would be editing Thornvale. And then in between the arcs of Thornvale, we do a a Wednesday recap show, like a... um, behind the scenes behind the scenes yeah we do a behind the scenes show it's usually shorter but it's still more time so thornvale the week the the midweek show one shot mondays and planes of fate which is our patreon show every like every once in a while it'll be four in a week and that was that was too much now i just have two in a week and it's either planes of fate or one shot mondays i have two every i have two full length fully edited episodes every week and the occasional third short is that the bonus content that you decided on for Patreon was an extra show? Yeah, we have a couple of extra things that we do. We'll have like a, a one shot we'll do, but they're usually significantly like actual one shots, meaning we did them in one shot and not that we recorded this over several weeks. And it's actually the longest one shot we have, I think, was 12 episodes long, 12 hour long episodes long. The one that we rec- that we just concluded is nine. And that's not even a one shot. It's a two shot because it was a... Uh, a one shot that we did back in 2020 with a guest. And then we hadn't been able to do it. We hadn't been able to, my husband left it on a freaking cliffhanger and then left us there for two years. And then finally 
a couple of months ago, we were able to start recording a sequel for it. And now that's wow. finally done. I could imagine publishing a nine or 12 hour show. Wow. Well, it's over several weeks. So, oh, okay. It's an hour every week. So, basically. I thought you were like Dan Carlin with Hardcore History. I'm going to do a nine-hour show. No, man, I got to have more content than that. I'm not going to post all that at once. I got to post them each in individual little chunks. Do you have any advice for other hobby or passion podcasters? Start small. If you want to start, you can start off doing your like, you know, most people will launch with like three episodes or so, which is what we did, because that gives you somebody people, people will have like time to binge. And if they make it through all three episodes, they're kind of just like, I'm watching the show now. You know, if you want to start off, start off with two weeks and see if that's a thing that you want to do. If you're going to, you should listen to a lot of other shows before you do it, because that gives you an idea of what people like, what people find interesting, what you're going to like. And the more you listen to people GM, you can kind of get a feel for how you want to do it yourself. If you're going to be the GM, you're going to be the players, you know, maybe read an improv book. I don't know. Most people don't. It doesn't matter that much. You kind of get used to it over time, but you know, it can help. There's a book called Improv for Gamers. That's a really good book. I think that Evil Hat, the same company that publishes Monster of the Week, put that out. And that's really good to read to kind of get an idea. But mostly you're just going to figure it out as you go along. But yeah, if for specifically if you want to do this as a podcast, I jumped into it knowing that this was kind of what I wanted to do. And I had the time to do it because I was a freelance photographer at the time I had, I had time. And then of course, during the pandemic, I was nothing because nobody needs a photographer in an apocalypse. But then I started a home business and now I have an editor that edits the first like pass of it. And then I do the music edit, which takes a long time too. So as far as cameras, are you a Canon person, a Nikon person, a Panasonic person, a Sony person? What's your preference on a camera body? I like Nikon. I've been really wanting to switch from a DSLR to a mirrorless. A mirrorless, yeah. I've been wanting to try switching from a DSLR to a mirrorless just because they're so much, they tend to be more compact, you know, they're light, more lightweight. And I think that would be really convenient. Somebody that we've had on the show before, Amos, he is also a photography enthusiast. And he does a show, a monthly show about photography. And one of the things he said on the show, because all these companies are getting away from DSLRs, is that if you're shooting video, the newer DSLRs just go mirrorless anyway. They go straight to the sensor. They don't use the mirror when they're doing that. So if that's what you're using 50% or more of your camera for, why do you have a mirror in there anyway? I thought that was an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. I'd like to get like a, a full frame because I've been on a three quarter frame for a while. That was what I used most of the time, but I want to get on like a full frame, like really nice, like mirrorless. That's kind of what I want to stick with. And it just seems like people are going towards mirrorless anyways. So I want to be able to like still buy stuff for my camera, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't gotten one yet, but I definitely want one, put it in the studio and everything. I got a Logitech Brio 4k webcam this year. That was my upgrade, but eventually I'll go with mirrorless. Like, uh, I don't know. I've been eyeing a Sony A6400 for quite some mm -hmm. time. Yeah, I was looking at a an A7, I think, the last time I was looking at. A7 III? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's the and nice that was what I was looking at. Yeah. But then I had to buy something, and so I didn't buy it. Right. <laughs> to pay for, like, a car or something, and I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll just, well, I'll wait for a little while. 
that's what happened. My daughter ruined a car, so I had to buy a new one. Yeah, that'll do it. Do you have any gripes with the podcasting industry as a whole? Not really. I mean, I don't really know. I mean, I kind of have my own little, like, I have the, like, the cast junkie community of podcasters. I would love to get more than we're, we have a lot of actual play podcasts. I'd love to have more other variety of folks in there for us. You know, that'd be cool. But like, that's just our little community, you know, but like, I don't know if I thought about it, I probably would, but I just kind of do my own thing. You know, I don't really think about what other people do very much. Have you ever been to a Gen Con or a podcasting conference? I went to Gen Con. I wasn't able to go this past year, but I was able to go in 2020. And oh my God, I had so much fun. It is fun. I have never had so much fun in my entire life as when we went to Gen Con. This year, this, hopefully this next year we'll be able to go. If not, we'll go to Dragon Con. I was fortunate enough at Gen Con's 50th anniversary Gen Con oh, cool. that they allowed me to do a podcast panel. So I, oh, I was the awesome. podcast panel at Gen Con 50. It was really fun. I would really, we were gonna in, in 2020, we were gonna like really focus down on like going to cons and like, you know, getting our name out there that way and maybe running some games for people. And then 2020 happened. Yeah. I went to 2020, 2021 uh, Gen Con, not 2020 because they canceled it in 2020, but I wasn't able to go to 2022. I had some friends that went this year. I would have gone except for my son moved that weekend. Mm. Literally, I was driving past Indianapolis while the convention was going on and I was like crying. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. I waved high at them and, and cried at the same time, knowing that they yeah. were having fun playing games and stuff like that. Yeah, we had some medical stuff we couldn't go through this year, but uh, we decided to have we had our own like Gen Con like kind of pity party where we had a lot of fun. We went to uh, Hannah's parents' house in Pennsylvania and uh, hung out and we played games all weekend long and we went out on their like range and we shot guns and I learned that uh, you shouldn't brace a rifle against your collarbone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, it was, su- it was super, super fun. Okay. So, and we even had fans because uh, her sister and uh, her sister-in-law and, and uh, dad were there. They're big fans of the show. So they were like, nice. oh, my gosh, we get to meet you guys in person. I was like, oh, that's weird. Cody Goth, who used to do the Curiosity Daily podcast. And before that, he did some hobby podcasts that were part of the Gunna Geek Network. He, with his college friend and roommate, they get together every year. I'm trying to remember what they call it. It's something con. They get together every year and like the six or eight of them do a con all together in uh, somebody's uh, bonus room. Basically, they just spend the entire weekend in their bonus room. Yeah, we called it Hannah Con. Ah, I'm trying to remember what they called it. Uh, Cody will get back to me and say, yeah, it since was we've never this. like been together, since we aren't normally like in together in one place, we'll have every couple of months we'll get together and do like a like a little retreat thing. Normally it's at our house, but uh, Hannah just moved up to Pennsylvania and her parents were like offering and they really wanted to hang out with us. So we're like, okay, sure. We'll come hang out in Pennsylvania. And that was super, super fun. We blew up pumpkins with Tannerite. Tannerite is fun. It is fun. So what sort of challenges did you have adapting your book series to the world of podcasting and a playthrough podcast? So that's a, that's an interesting question. Challenges. I think one of the major challenges is if you're adapting a current property, right? 
you have to realize that like you have to keep especially if it's your property you have to keep the lore consistent so you know i have to like kind of switch around some of the rules and the way that that monster of the week works but actually the way that monster of the week works is actually pretty consistent for how i do things but like for instance in the world of, in the dragon knights universe there are basically two systems of magic. There's the ones that the dragon knights have, which are these dragon people that were created by witches, and there's witch magic. Now, witch magic is stolen from this other world, basically. This other, they, it's called the Riftlands, where these big rifts show up, and they open up, and they spew horrible monsters out, basically. But the witches can steal magic from there, but it makes them insane. So one thing to keep in mind, if I'm going to be playing Monster of the Week, is there are characters that can use magic. So if I want to keep it consistent, the characters that use magic either need to be dragon knights or need to be nuts or being slowly driven insane, as it were. But um, it's actually really cool because there's, there's, um, there's one called the Spooky, which has dark side tags. It's tags for the playbook itself that I can totally use that work perfectly in my system in my magic systems, in my world, so that it stays perfectly consistent. So I can have somebody that is maybe not one of these naturally magical creatures. There are other sort of naturally magical creatures, but that's spoilers and I don't want to get into it. But uh, yeah, so I can use that and, I, and it like fits within the world. But there's certain like playbooks that I don't really want. I would encourage people not to play. Like, uh, like the divine really doesn't work in my world. There's no like like overarching divine that I can really use for that. So it's just the playbook we don't bother with. But yeah, that's the kind of thing you need to think of is how to make the rules of the game work for your story world. And some of the stuff that's happened in the game has become just lore in the world because it's stuff that's come up. Because obviously there's been a lot more game than there has book. Because there are there are three novellas, and this is, as you can see, not a super thick book. So there are three novellas in here that don't give you... 183 pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder what it is in this. What does it say? Oh, yeah, about that. Anyways, you got to think about like how that sort of thing works. And, and the lore, you got to make sure, Like as I'm writing stuff, I had to like go back and reference episodes of the podcast because I'm writing the fourth novella and the second book now the second one's gonna have two slightly longer novellas in it so it'll be about the same page length for lack of a better word but it'll have like two instead of three stories so yeah like right now i'm like working on the the fourth one and i'm kind of like i have to go back and reference stuff from the podcast to make sure that i'm like keeping my world consistent now because i have these two like competing in canon universe stuff you know I know continuity is very important and a lot of writers use editors and a continuity manager basically to go out and do it. And I know you referenced the Marvel Cinematic Universe before. I know they just enlisted a new position as a timeline continuity manager in that the MCU. Super helpful. Their timeline is bonkers now. So Oh yeah. Well, I mean when you, when you start throwing in time travel, it becomes all sorts of interesting and confusing yeah yeah so i know that happens but it it sounds like it's just you unless you're using anybody to edit your books that must be tough to keep all that straight yeah yeah i'm planning on um i didn't edit i i kind of like edited myself the first one but this time i am planning on i'm kind of toying around with doing like a kickstarter or something to kind of cover some of the costs with the second one 
I'm also getting the covers redone, but uh, yeah, it's mostly just me. I don't have anyone. I'm not Brandon Sanderson. I can't have a whole like team of people to make sure that my timelines are correct, you know? So I just kind of got to keep it all in here. And I have a big, actually, I just got a new program that I use. It's called Dabble. And it has, and I've been like importing all of my like information, all my world building and whatnot into that program. So I can keep it all together so that when I go like, okay, I need to write about Hayden's truck. So I need to see like, okay, what truck did I give him? I was going to write he had a car. No, okay, he has a blue truck. I'll put in the blue truck, you know. And honestly, like in the show, sometimes stuff doesn't matter. Like we have hysterically funny mishaps surrounding whose car is where. Because we record these things like maybe two episodes at a time, maybe. Or maybe one episode at a time, like a week apart. So by the time we get to the next week, we're like, I don't know where anyone's car is, man. Like, <laughs> so we'll have people tell us like, hey, did you know that this car teleported? And we're like, no, we didn't. But it's all right. Like, it's there are little things like that don't matter that much, you know, but like we want to make sure the lore of the actual like magic system and the people in the game and in the books stay fairly consistent, you know. I have no idea why. But in She-Hulk, I have gone nuts because we review all sorts of Marvel stuff on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. I've gone nuts over the cars that Jennifer Walters, who is She-Hulk in the show, I've gone nuts over her cars. And I don't normally do that, but I am like, okay, so the first car she had was a Ford Escape, but I can't figure out what model and what gear of Ford Escape that she had, but it's ruined anyway. And now she's got a Prius and that's been ruined. So like, uh, not just a Prius. goes for a lot of cars. But a Prius, well, it's a superhero. Matter of fact, I used to do this podcast called Starling Tribune, and it was about the CW show Arrow and then eventually the entire Arrowverse. We ended it after Crisis and when Arrow shut down because we were like, okay, we don't want to do this anymore because, well, the Arrowverse was getting kind of nuts. Anyway, one thing that we said all through that show, the eight years that we did that show, is the one thing that you need, if you find yourself stuck in a superhero universe, you need to get yourself a window repair company and yes. that will make you millions of dollars because they go or through so yard. many. Yeah. They go through so many windows in those shows. I mean, just think about the elevator scene in the uh, captain America winter soldier, for instance, you know, lots of windows there. So many windows. Yes. It apparently it's easy to break them. And it's a stunt that if you're covered and everything, you won't get cut and everything. So yeah, the, Superhero worlds need window repair companies, and I want to finance them because I want billions of dollars. Yes. As far as I know, I think we've only gone through one, maybe two cars. There was a rather car-centric arc in season two that was one of my favorite arcs just because the monster was really funny, which I can't always say. But there was a rather car-centric arc where someone's car was uh, sadly destroyed. But uh, most of the time... I don't know. Bjorn might have gone through more than one car. I'm really not sure. He's our like government person. So like it's possible that he might have destroyed a car and then not cared because he's like the government agent who just like we have an ongoing running joke about Bjorn's suit budget because Bjorn <laughs> wears like this full like suit in every single episode, almost every single episode to the point where it's hilarious when he's not wearing it. He did spend an entire arc in his underwear for reasons I can't even begin to explain. 
but he normally wears a suit. So there's a joke that because he's a dragon knight, so he has dragon wings that come out of the back of the suit and destroy it every time. And of course, he doesn't get it tailored because for a long time, like, now I'm going to stop there. I can't say that it's foolish. Anyways, but he doesn't get it tailored because, like, you know, nobody knows. So, like, we have a joke that he has, like, a wild, like, suit budget within, like, his department, you know? <laughs> I should have asked, do you watch She-Hulk at all? I have not seen it, no. Uh, the last Marvel show I saw was... I'm caught up to Hawkeye, I think. I haven't seen She-Hulk, and I haven't seen... Uh, what was the the girl? The the younger Ms. one? Marvel. Yeah, I haven't seen Miss Marvel yet. Both uh, Well, Hawkeye was good. Miss Marvel oh, was good, Hawkeye in my opinion. If you haven't seen She-Hulk and... Oh, did Moon Knight you, come out afterwards? I think, I, mean, yeah, if, I think Moon Knight's Knight. the one I'm caught up to, but I haven't seen okay. the, the rest too. I've been really busy lately. I've been writing a book. I don't have time to watch anything. <laughs> if you want to get into like weird costumes for like superheroes or supernatural stuff or whatever, watch She-Hulk. Okay. Do it because you'll get a glimpse behind the scenes of... I'll probably watch it eventually. Okay. I'm trying to imagine this like giant seven foot tall lady trying to drive a Prius. <laughs> yeah, I she is Jen Walters, which is just a mount tight Titania. Tatiana Maslany is the actor. She was in Orphan Black and won an Emmy for it. Mm-hmm. She's great. And she's a trained and really capable comedian as well. I looked mm-hmm. into her background. She did a ton of stand-up in Canada for years. The Jen version of her looks fairly smallish. She's mousy, yeah. So yeah. that's what's driving the Prius. Also, you're a fan of X-Men, the animated series. Do you oh, remember yeah. uh-huh. the episode where Juggernaut is driving the taxi? Do you remember that? Uh, I have definitely seen it, but it's not one that stood out to me. Okay. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked on cars yeah, we and are everything. A little bit. I can talk. Don't get me started, man. I can talk about Marvel all day long. <laughs> Good. I should have you on our show then. Yeah, sure. Bring me on, man. I'll talk about it. I'll talk about the MCU all freaking day. Like I said, my degree was in transmedia writing. I eat this stuff up. So when adapting a book series to the world of podcasting, continuity is a big thing. Is there anything else that was uh, notable that you want to pass on to anybody else? Continuity and, you know, like kind of tweaking the rules to make sure it like fits your world. I actually have a, um, I've had people say like, hey, if I, we, we have fans that will come on and say like, hey, I would like to be a dragon knight. Do you guys have a specific playbook for that? And I say, no, I have a supplemental. So I have like a little supplemental. And I used to do a streamed show where I had, I had people come on and play in the Dragon Knights universe. So it was like a one shot and I'd run it. It was like two to three hour thing, but I just don't have time for them anymore. I miss it because it was so fun. I used to have my podcast buddies come in and, and play. It was just mostly an excuse to play with my friends, you know, but I haven't had time to do it in a while, but I had this little Dragon Knight supplemental. So people can take that supplemental and apply it to any of the playbooks in the game. And that way you don't have to be stuck to this one playbook and you can go ahead and play whatever playbook you want for flavoring and still have this thing that you can add on to it and still be a Dragonite. So yeah, we have people, we just had a couple of people ask and say like, Hey, can I have this thing? So that's something that we, that we made for people that was kind of helpful for how we made the game. But yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things. If, if you're going to be adapting to different medium, it's going to be different for everyone. So we do an actual play, obviously. We're mostly just using the world, using the lore of the world, which is in my head already. So it's not super hard to like figure out where this stuff is coming, you know? And so, yeah, it's just a matter of, of moving that around and making sure that you don't screw up your own lore. 
Do you have a favorite moment or one of the favorite moments from your podcast that you wish to share right now? Uh, let me try to think of one that's not spoilery. Because uh, most of my favorite moments are ones that were heartbreaking and spoilery or... Oh, man. All right, we'll do one from season one. There's a season one episode where there's a monster that's like infecting people and like kind of taking them over, kind of possessing them almost. And he possesses a priest. <laughs> and, and there's a fight with the priest who rips a stop sign out of the, <laughs> out of the ground and starts wailing on my player characters with it. And it is one of the funniest scenes ever. It's about the only one I can kind of tell you about because it's, it's not super spoilery, but it's so funny to just have this like priest just whacking people with a stop sign. <laughs> Wow. And the name of the episode, I think, was Stop in the Name of the Lord, which is just even better. Like, <laughs> we try to do like kind of punny names whenever we can, you know. All right. Well, we had one comment in the chat as we were recording that I want to bring up. Matthew Bliss said, you have to write the cats into your show. Well, OK, so we kind of have, but not in Thornvale. So we have two cats. Their names are they're not in here because my husband's in the other room and they like hanging out with him more. But we have two cats. Their names are Ratchet and Clank because my husband is a nerd and he named them that. They're video game characters if you didn't know. But Clank was originally... They had a litter of kittens and all the brothers hit my husband as four brothers and they all got to name a cat. And our cat Clank, my mother-in-law hounded my brother-in-law to give him a name and he didn't want to and he's like, fine, uh, Snarfle Gargan Furfamer. And so Clank's original name is Snarfle Gargan Furfamer. And there is a character that is a talking cat in our Planes of Fate game whose name is Snarfle Garkin Furfamer. He's an orange tabby cat. An orange little striped cat. What, I, don't, I don't think that's tabby, but whatever. And, or a little orange cat, and he talks, and he talks exclusively in cat puns. And it drives me nuts. And, but it's the best thing ever. This is my husband's show. He just, he loves puns. So I run the main <laughs> show, and my husband runs the, the other one. All right. Well, we expect to see cats, your cats, Ratchet and Clank, in the Thornvale episodes Someday, coming maybe. sometime. Yeah. Well, thank you, Susanna, for coming on this chat with me. Where is the best place for our better podcasting audience to catch up with you and your content? Yeah. If you search Thornvale, it's spelled like that. You can find it basically on every every podcatcher that you'll find Thornvale. It's it's everywhere. You can also find thornvalepodcast.com, which is Thornvale and then podcast. And uh, you can find my Deep Hollow books if you search Deep Hollow by Suzanne Eileen Lewis. My middle name is A-I-L-E-N-E -E Lewis, spelled L-A-W-I-S. But yeah, so um, you can find it that way, or you can just find it on the Thornvale podcast. There's a like support page or like extra stuff so you can find all of our patreon our ko-fi and my books on there as well okay any last thoughts uh no this has been a great time i had i had a really nice time so thanks for inviting me on and if you want to come talk if you want me to come talk about marvel i can do that i think we'll arrange that let's stay on the line afterwards and we'll talk all right, about it okay good. okay thank you very much and thank you for spending your time with Susanna and me over the past hour. If you like content like this, please subscribe to the Better Podcasting YouTube channel and like this video. Or if you're listening to the audio version, give the 
Better Podcasting Chats with SP, a follow on your podcatcher app. Stephen and I would greatly appreciate it. On Tuesday, October 11th, 2022, I have some time scheduled with Jessica Castro, who is the Heinous Investigations audio drama producer. She's a writer, director, and the producer of The Heinous Investigations. She also works as a designer for an events company in Brooklyn, New York, which she's going to get a surprise if she doesn't listen to this. I was born in Brooklyn. Basically, she is a dorky, imaginative kid who never fully grew up. Well, you're looking at one right here, too. So join us Tuesday, October 11th, 2022 at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, streamed on the Better Podcasting YouTube channel. In the meantime, join the podcasting conversation on our Discord server, which you can find at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. You can find both Stephen and myself there every day. See everybody next time. Bye.